Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Wednesday morning. The old line in sports, especially in American sports, everybody loves the underdog, and the underdog's got nothing to lose. I want to dig into that this morning as we creep closer to Super Bowl 55. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, and we are jam-packed with Super Bowl guests all up here on the Goodyear Hotline. Fellas, get me up to speed on last night, and then I'm going to get you up to speed on the latest line between the Bucks and the Chiefs and why you guys feel like it might be flip. So what's going on this morning, first things first? Well, oh. it's not as cold, that's for sure. No doubt. I it saw you this a, morning. Yeah, I saw you too. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give you a ride, but I figured you were already at the building. I so. slipped like two times Jeez. on that. With this entryway that, like... Go through the side. I got to do that. Yeah, I go, through the, I go through the side. I don't mess around with the the plank right there because it is slippery. I almost, I almost bit it the first day, and I was... So when I did one of those, I looked up to see if there was any cameras up top. I was like, I hope nobody's watching me You want Workman's Comp on your first day. First day on the show, you want Disney to pay you more. Nah, it, it's, it, no, it wouldn't be Disney, I think. The, the individual might have a little more cash than Disney probably. Personal right? lawsuit. <laughs> no, it was good. I watched, the, I watched the Nets last night. I found myself sitting up watching that game. Um, See, that's when you rooted for us because we actually were beating your arch rival. Actually, to be honest with you, I did not, Jay. Oh. I, I swear to you, I found myself kind of hating on the Nets. What? I thought you don't. I thought you don't root for. I thought the Clippers are the one team in LA. But you I. Not but I found. For. I just found myself hating on the Nets because it's all this momentum about the Nets being the team in the big three that could pop the Lakers. You know. So I found myself in the end like, man, they shouldn't even win. But they they play well. Kyrie, man, I meant to yeah. text you, but it was so late. I didn't want to text you and ask you, were you like that? Because in my mind, no. I visual no. But in my mind. Jay, I'm serious. I just visualize you like that. Because he was hit rocks, dropping buckets from deep, too. And it was hitting the bottom of the net. He's just so – like, he – you know, everybody always asks me, like, uh, who's that one player that Kyrie reminds you of? He, he's like a – he's like a three-point ur- urban – three-point <laughs> three version of Rod Strickland, man. Like, but a better shooter. You know what I mean? He, he's so herky-jerky with it. Man, I don't he think – He makes it dance. I watched it from beginning to end. I don't think I seen him miss, although he did miss some shots. But I, it was just like it was – everything was wet. I was like – and then KD, too. KD got to – got, we got to take him to eat, though. I can't – Stop. Man, I, <laughs> seriously, though. They call him the Slim Reaper, man. Man, I mean, he's the Slim Reaper. I didn't see a muscle in them arms. You know, <laughs> I was looking – I was like, ain't nowhere in the world. I, <laughs> I can't with you this morning. Man. I love Katie. Katie, one of my favorite players, Zubin. But you talk about skin and bones. God. And Zubin, I got to tell you, the, the little people last night, we had a big game. Fred Van Bleet went for 54 points, 11 threes. It was incredible to watch. It was a record-setting performance. We'll talk about that in just under a half hour. It truly was a record-setting moment in NBA history. Uh, Kyrie at 39. It was the Nets over the Clippers, for those that don't know, 124-120. And KD so long, man, and fluid and smooth. Like, it's just, I don't understand how people don't embrace his game to a whole nother level. Like, you know, you know how you talk about – Patrick Mahomes being the greatest, or Aaron Rodgers being the greatest pass catcher, I mean, thrower of the football. Like, KD's got to be, like, the greatest some, at something because he just crazy. Like, it's just effortless. Well, Key, I'll tell you, I've never seen a, a comeback 
story like this. I mean, off a of blown Achilles, there's there's a history of people that just never come back from that. And, and like when it, you it, watch him, mm. and when you watch him, Jake run up and down the floor, it doesn't even look like a resemble that at all whatsoever that he had an injury. Because guys, you know how people pick their way through. Yeah. They kind of they they're playing, but you could tell like they're not sure. Mm. Man, this dude ran the ran the floor. I, it was a turnover. He ran the floor to catch up to try to block it. And I'm sitting there going, he ain't got no problem with his Achilles. He don't care. It was like three strides down the whole floor. Three That's strides it. down the whole floor. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's just – I love him, though, but I've always loved him. When I first met him when he was at Texas and he was towering over me, first thing I thought, man, I put my elbow through that dude's chest. But, you know, he's <laughs> legit so as they come. No, so because I love it. it's not that I'm competitive. I'm just looking at him because he was so tall, you know, and that's the first time I've seen somebody that tall and that slim that puts in work the way KD has done. I mean, it's just The closing crazy. line, the closing line on that game was actually Clippers minus 1.5. Mm. So if you had the Nets, you were in pretty darn good shape with a four-point win. Speaking of the opening line of the Super Bowl, it opened and it was Bucks plus three. So the Bucks were a three-point Underdog. And this preview of the big game is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Now the line is actually bucks three and a half, which just would tell you that more people are betting on the Chiefs. I'm right? glad I got y'all in my life because for okay. a guy that's been around sports his entire life, I don't understand the minus plus, the plus minus. <laughs> Who's favorite? Kansas City. Kansas City is favored City, by yes. three and a half points. So they got to win by at least four. Correct, for you to cash. Yes. See, that's a bad bet. Unless you do a money line wager. Because if they kick a field goal and they win, I don't win any money. Right. But you could bet them on the money line, which essentially means that's just another word for saying who wins straight up. So if you got confidence Kansas City can win by just one point, which Uh obviously would be the minimum amount, of course, you could just bet a money line pick on the Chiefs. That's just a fancy way of saying, I just want to pick the Chiefs straight up. But the money that I earn back ain't going to be where it should be. But that's only fair because the the Chiefs are favored to win, so they're not going to give you a ton of of the payout if you're betting on the team that's favored to win. But that's a sucker bet. I'm not taking that bet, Jay. (laughs) Who are you betting on, Key? I would bet bet the money line. Who are you betting on? I'm going to bet on Kansas City, but I'm not going to get – if I gave them $10, what are they going to give me back? Not well, as much as you would bet if you bet on the Bucks, right? <laughs> See, I'm not. I don't. I don't like that bet. So here's the deal: the Bucks. I want, yeah. I want to give you ten, and you give me twenty back if right. I win. But that's then, not good business for me. That's good business exactly. for you. Yeah, but that's why I don't bet. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So here's the deal: the Bucks right now stand at a plus three point five. So they're an underdog by three and a half points. More money's coming in on Kansas City. But you say, despite the fact, both of you, that the Bucks are the underdog in this game. The pressure is squarely on them. That's rare. The Super Bowl team that's an underdog has more pressure on them, you think? Well, it has pressure because of everything that has taken place from beginning to end. Tom Brady goes there. We talked about this early on in the beginning of the season. What is it that the Bucks need to do? I said just get to the playoffs, something they hadn't done in a long time. And they did that. Now, what do they need to do? Win a playoff game. Well, they did that. Well, what do they need to do? Get to the Super Bowl. Well, they did that. What do they need to do? win the Super Bowl because you you got the you got Tom to get to the playoffs then he got you there you got Tom now the narrative changes again now you got Tom to win the Super Bowl you know what I'm saying if you go back five months it's like oh if they make it to the playoffs everything's fine but now we're there they did all that now they're in the Super Bowl what is it Tom Brady is known for winning the Super Bowl so you got to win the Super Bowl at this point. And they know that in their home stadium, at home, uh, 
it, 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 it's their deal. They got terrific Tom. They've got to win the Super Bowl. That's the pressure. And it's crazy because all these weeks leading up to this game, I've been asking the question, how come there's not pressure on Kansas City? How come we're not talking about Kansas City? And, and every time we spoke about it, it was like, well, we just expect them to be there. And it just seems like they can just roll so easy under the radar. And nobody says anything. Andy Reid doesn't say anything. You talk about Patrick Mahomes doesn't light people up, doesn't give you any ammunition. Meanwhile, on the opposite side, you know, we got Bruce Arians talking trash, throwing shade to Bill Belichick a little bit, talking about letting Tom coach. We got Gronk saying this is the happiest I've been in my entire career in Tampa. We're talking about Tom Brady, seventh Super Bowl championship, potentially 10th appearance. I mean, all these things that are, you know, being at home, playing in Tampa, it just seems like all this stuff is mounting up once again to Tampa having all the all the pressure on them to a degree, and then Patrick Mahomes just rolling easy underneath the radar. Fair enough. I just would say really quickly, I think part of the reason there's not as much pressure on Tampa, I think next year you could reasonably make the assumption they'll be back. Their head coach is back. There's no head coaching openings. Their coordinators will be back. Guys can join via free agency. Brady will have a proper off-season program, not working out at high schools and all of that. He'll have an absolutely more conventional off-season. And if he's going to play past 45, I actually think they have a better chance next year than they do this year, as crazy as that sounds. I I get worried about that. I mean, another year with him, 44, I know his body's shape but man it, it takes one Jay, wrong hit i think you said lay out okay i'm laying out <laughs> no I, i'm with you at that age obviously you never know uh by the way we're asking this morning on the twitter feed real pick give us your outside the box super bowl mvp the reason we're asking that is in key super bowl dexter jackson who you may not have heard of before the game but knew after the game was your yeah, mvp Jay. who's your outside the box super bowl oh mvp the under the radar guy for either team hit us up 888 say espn on the way why that aforementioned super bowl mvp dexter <laughs> jackson didn't get the disney world treatment the story from key this is legit more Super Week 2021 coming up next with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Tubin on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. So many questions surrounding the Chiefs. Will they have Sammy Watkins? He has missed both playoff games. He missed a good chunk of the regular season. He's got 
a calf issue he's working on. Why in the world am I talking about Sammy Watkins? He could be the answer to our poll question this morning. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Key with an amazing Super Bowl story here in just one minute, where apparently all dreams did not come true for Dexter Jackson. More on that in a second. But Dexter Jackson was the MVP of Key Super Bowl, Super Bowl 37. Not exactly a guy that you would think would win it maybe before the game started. So in that spirit, we're asking this morning, give us your outside-the-box Super Bowl MVP pick. Not Mahomes, not Brady. Give us a Scotty Miller. Give us a Sammy Watkins. Give us a Sorensen. Give us a, I don't know. McCole Hartman. Yeah, McCole Hartman. Rob Gronkowski. So I want to ask you guys first, real quick, and then we got the key story, and then we'll get to the uh, fellas calling on this. Again, 888-ESPN. Give us your outside-the-box Super Bowl MVP pick. I know, Key, you say it's going to be a quarterback no matter what, but if you had to kind of answer this question, how would you go? I would... I I think – so I'm going to go defense. Tampa. If Tampa wins, okay. then I'm going to go defense, and I'm going to probably go Shaq Barrett or JPP. Gotcha. If they, if Your they number win. one impact players from yesterday. Yeah, it, because if they win the game, it's because of that defensive front really getting after uh, Patrick Mahomes the way they did Aaron Rodgers. So I would, I would say one of those two guys would probably, you know, two or three sacks – Sack fumble, you know, two sacks, a tip pass with an interception, leads to a touchdown, something like that. Jay? Yeah, I'll go with McCole Hartman just because there'll be so much focus on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, all those guys that torched them up in, in games prior. So maybe an outlier, but I, I realistically don't see the MVP going to anybody else but one of the two quarterbacks. I mean, at the end of the day, as much as we want to sit here and say, here's how we can speculate who may have the best chance to get it outside these guys, it's going to be one of those two guys. Fair enough. Key certainly seems to agree. Again, give us your outside-the-box Super Bowl MVP pick. I'll go with somebody like Levante David or Devin White. I do mm. think that is something that the Bucks defense is going to be able to do because it'll be anecdotal. Wow, this guy, one of these guys finally stopped Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and then, and then you got the whole history of the dominant Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that won the Super Bowl against the Raiders of the past and Derek Brooks and all the, 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 the Warren Saps and the Simeon Rices, the Rondé Barbers, the Johnny Lynches, the Brian Kellys. You got all of that that's there. It just adds to if the Bucs win, what people, you know how they are in narrative. It's like, oh, this reminds me of that defense. So let us know. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Even though it's not the defense, but True. The more quirky, the better, right? The more quirky, the better the chance you'll get on the air. So be creative with this. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Key, if you bet 10, never mind. <laughs> we spent the entire break. We can't subject the audience. We cannot subject the audience to this. Well, I'll bet 100. <laughs> okay, that means you win. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, here's the deal. You have a great Super Bowl story for the well, guy that really is the spirit of today's poll question. Take us back. Dexter Jackson winning the Super Bowl MVP for your squad. Well, he, yeah, no, he won the Super Bowl MVP with two interceptions early in the game that helped our defense as well as our offense get the ball back, score some points. But D-Jack didn't get a chance to go to Disney World. It, it, for the life of me, I don't understand why. So they, Brad Johnson was the guy, and I don't know if it was Dexter wasn't available or what the case was, but D-Jack did take the ride on the float to Disney World. And so, you know, up until that point, we always seen the MVP of the Super Bowl, you know, hey, what you, what's next? I'm going to Disney World, the you know, the whole deal. It was like, well, I'm thinking D-Jack MVP, he's going to the Super Bowl. I think even after the game, I was like, oh, man, I'll see you when I get back because me and Brad wind up doing the Leno show. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, 
I'll see you when you get back from Disney World, whatever. And I look up. Brad was the one going to Disney World. I'm like, what happened? It did. <laughs> right? I'm like, what happened, man? But, you know, maybe Mickey Mouse wanted to see somebody different. I don't know. I got nothing to put on that one. So let's let's no, but no. think about it though, Jay. That's crazy to me. I, I don't. How does that happen? Have you ever asked him? We need to bring him on never, the show and ask him. I think we tried to get. We're trying to get a hold of him, but I don't know if he. I don't know if there was something that that DJack had to do. What that, could be more important? I don't know. <laughs> At that moment, I don't. I have no idea. I just know that Brad with the Disney World and not Dexter. Brad was on the float. You know, Brad was. I was Raising like, <laughs> did they get the MVP wrong? Wrong Florida State guy on the float. <laughs> wrong Florida State guy on the float. We're asking this morning, give us your outside-the-box Super Bowl MVP pick. You guys uh, have weighed in. Let's, let's try to squeeze one in here. Angelo in Toronto. Oh, international call. Angelo in Toronto yeah. here on ESPN Radio. Outside the T-Dots. box. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Hey. Are we on TSN? Hey, Yo. Hey, Key. No, you're not on TSN. Hey, Key, all I want to tell you is that I'm a long-time New York Jets fan, born in 68. And you know what? You were my favorite New York Jets. I still got the jersey key, 19. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. But I, but I got to tell you something. What would be the classic would be two interceptions, one sack from the Honey Badger. Imagine that interview. Well, the Honey Badger would be good, too. Yeah. Like, you know, you get that sort of stuff. Two, two sacks, a pick, a fumble. A, 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 you, you do something, create something create some magic that gives some momentum because even in our Super Bowl, Dwight Smith had pick six, two pick sixes, I believe, in that game. Two interceptions for two pick sixes, but the MVP trophy was already voted on. And so it's like, well, Dwight Smith, I actually thought Dwight was going to get it because of that, but they had already voted by the time he got the last pick six. They do tend to vote like late in the fourth quarter. The game really wasn't in question, but it is odd again to think that a guy that's got two pick sixes gets one over a guy with two picks. But then again, it's also odd that Brad was on the float. So there's a lot of great stuff. We should mention, though, you mentioned to us yesterday that the last pick six for Smith came with a couple seconds left in the game that had already been decided. I'm not taking a, it's not academic. You had an interception in the Super Bowl, bro. I'm not no, taking that but away it, from but, you. But though. even so, though, they still was trying to come back. You know, they at that point. I think when 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 Whiteface got the touchdown, um, we called him Whiteface's nickname. Gotcha. So if you're trying to figure out, um, <laughs> I, I was trying to figure it and, out. And and so when he got the pick, I, I believe we were up by either thirteen or fourteen, and they were trying to come back. They right. could score, get an onside kick, blah blah blah. Right. He essentially just put them out their misery right. with that one. And and so you know, at that point, it was like it's over. And it was straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Angelo Sports Center watching Angelo watching Sports Center. Sports Center R E, by the way, not the Sports Center E R up there. On the way, you think that story was good? Dexter Jackson not being on the float? It's nothing compared to the story that Sal Palantonio has about Key. Mm. I don't know super- what this I don't know where this is going. I have no idea, but I'm gonna find out. <laughs> All I heard was Tijuana. Think I was not in what? I, never I mind. I didn't say go, anything. Go. I just heard Tijuana. That's all I heard. <laughs> go. What Thomas Edward Brady has done in his 40s just flat boggles my mind. How can you just put on another jersey and wind up in the same situation, which is another Super Bowl appearance? This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, 
happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's l e c t r i c ebikes.com. Fred in the paint catches the pass, scoops it up and in on a reverse and Fred Van Vliet with a new franchise record 54 points in the game. That was on 590. The fan, Angelo in Toronto, demanded that this be the lead thing in Sports Center. The Raptors, Fred Van Vliet scoring a franchise record 54. Raptors over the Magic 123 108. It's the record for the most points by an undrafted player passing the legendary Moses Malone. We should also mention you might recall this offseason, he signed the biggest contract for an undrafted player ever in NBA history. Not bad for a marginal guy at a Wichita State, huh? We mentioned this this morning off the top. The fellows were mesmerized by Kyrie last night. Nets over the Clippers, 124-120. Harden again balled out. If you're watching this morning on ESPN2, it actually looks like the game is being played in black and white. The Nets court is just so strange looking sometimes when you see it. KD was unbelievable, and the guys have just been amazed at how fluid he has looked after what for many is a devastating, devastating injury. And at this time, every weekday morning, we're going to have a great moment in black sports history because, of course, it is Black History Month, 1997. Tiger Woods becoming the first black player to win the Masters. He was the youngest player to win the Masters that same year. His 12-stroke margin of victory set a new record at Augusta National, and I would just say I'm not a sports historian. I'm not Frank DeFord or anybody like that, but I would say this is one of the biggest stories of the last 50 years, no matter how dark or light your melatonin is. This was an unreal moment, the first moment that people said, I don't even watch golf, and I was watching that. I remember it vividly. Sports Center brought to you by Capital One. With no fees or minimums on checking and savings account and an app that lets you bank anytime, anywhere, choosing Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Q. Taylor Swift or Charles Barkley, whichever one you like in that commercial. That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Capital One, N.A., member F.D.I.C. 
But, Greeny, they got to complete the deal. That's the whole thing in sports. That's the rub. Yeah, they're there. Three road playoff games to get a quote-unquote home game in Super Bowl 55. And there in Tampa, covering it all, is ESPN NFL reporter Sal Palantonio. And Sal joins us this morning, like all of our guests do, on the Goodyear hotline. We should mention he has covered all 10 of Tom Brady's Super Bowl appearances for ESPN. I can't think of another person who could take us inside this matchup better than Sal. We'll get into this matchup in a moment. But first, Sal, we've been talking about it all morning for the listeners that have been here. You covered Keyshawn in the Bucks during their Super Week in 2003, Super Bowl 37. And you've got an interesting sh- story to share that even Keyshawn apparently doesn't remember. Uh, good morning, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, you know, this is my 29th Super Bowl, 26 for ESPN as three for the Philadelphia Inquirer, the newspaper where I used to work. Uh, and that Super Bowl in San Diego, Bucks and Raiders is the only one I never saw. I never saw a I did not see a single down of that game. Prior to the game, one of our bosses, who you know very well, Chuck Salaturo, mm-hmm. texted me and said, we need you to go find Barrett Robbins. Okay. Now, I was not covering the Raiders. I was covering the Bucks. Uh, Keyshawn remembers. I was at the Bucks Hotel all week covering the Bucks. But because of my newspaper background and my background in covering crime, they said, you got to go find Barrett Robbins. He's AWOL. Wow. If you remember, he was not in the team picture on Saturday. But the pool reporter who was covering the Raiders, not working at ESPN, just a pool reporter, did not notice he was not there for the team picture. So nobody knew until Sunday morning. I do believe it was Jay Glazer who broke the story that Robbins was AWOL. So they called me, texted me, and said, get your camera crew, go find him. I'm like, okay, all right, I got gotcha. you. Where am I going? And they said, well, he's probably down in Tijuana, Mexico. Jeez, man. So here I am. I'm at Qualcomm. I'm at the Murph. I am going out of the stadium when every reporter is going in, and I can't tell him where I'm going. So then we find out that he's now checked into some San Diego hospital in somewhere in San Diego County. Now it's like midway through the first quarter of the game. I am not at the stadium. And everybody's like, where's Sal Pal? And I am going from hospital to hospital with my producer and cameraman because you know, it was just gumshoe work at that point. And you can't just walk in the lobby and say, hey, is Barrett Robbins checked in? You know, they're not going to let you do that. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody knows the guys at AWOL. And so we're going in the back entrances. We're bribing the security guards with donuts and coffee. We're doing everything possible to find out where he is. And I tell you, it was one wild ride. And we're listening to the game on the radio in a car going from hospital to hospital. We come to find out where he is late in the fourth quarter. And we finally find out what hospital he is. And we get a call from ESPN. You got to go to the Bucks hotel. There's a guy there that has apparently a videotape of Barrett Robbins in Tijuana partying. We want you to get that videotape. So, I mean, this is crazy, right? Totally. Absolutely crazy. Wow. No, absolutely crazy. So we go to the lobby of the hotel and we start negotiating with this uh, gentleman from Oakland. And I'm authorized to give him a certain amount of money. And he decides uh, 
He's heard enough from me. He goes up to his room, comes back down, says deal's off. And we go back to the stadium just in time to see Derek Brooks waving Dwight Smith in for the pick six on the second time around against the Raiders. And that's the only, that's the only thing I saw in that football game. Well, you wow. got a you got a chance to see us win. That was good enough, right? So for us, Jeez. we got a chance to see us. You you certainly have done your job extremely well over those twenty nine years of covering the Super Bowl in ten years of Tom Brady. Um, that's an interesting story, though, Sal. Let me ask you this: What would another Super Bowl? It, it, it's weird even asking this question because his legacy is already written. But what would another Super Bowl do? for Tom Brady's legacy? Oh, you know, I think it's just an amazing, I was listening to the, um, the open where you talk, where Mike Greenberg was talking about it. And I think Greeny hit the nail on the head. And I, and I think Zubin, you hit the nail on the head too. They got to close the deal for sure. But this is an unbelievable, remarkable performance. Like you said, key to go from one team to the next, he hasn't even been really on the team for a year yet. Not even a year. Gronk signed in March. This whole team has been put together on the fly. Bringing in Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is like LeGarrette Blunt and Corey Dillon. You can close your eyes and think, okay, yeah, we're going to bring in a running back, a stud, who may not have made it big elsewhere, but we're going to make it big here. Scotty Miller is like Edelman. Gronk is Gronk. They're going five wide and two tights, just like they did in New England. It's like Brady just took this blueprint and superimposed it on this football team and said, we're going to go out and win a Super Bowl. We've got to do it. And I agree with Bruce Arians, too, that these last two games have been built on defense as much as Tom Brady's heroics, and he's had some pretty great plays. But they beat Aaron Rodgers without their starting two safeties last week. Two, you know, so, you know, Whitehead's out, shoulder injury. He had two forced fumbles against the Packers. He leaves in the, in the fourth quarter of the game. They don't have Antoine Winfield Jr., an immensely talented, tough rookie who's been a real leader. They don't have him. You don't really know with Levante David with that hamstring when exactly he hurt it and how much he was hurting down the stretch. Brady's throwing interceptions because Mike Pettin finally woke up and started blitzing him, and he's throwing interceptions, and the defense still holds Aaron Rodgers to six points. So I think it has been a tremendous team effort, but Brady has really set the tone, and Arians will agree with that for sure. And, and that is a remarkable, remarkable achievement. I mean, it's Jordan-esque for sure. It's, it's Ruthian. I mean, Brady is now in that group, right? He's in that group. He's Tiger. He's Jordan. He's LeBron. He's Babe Ruth. He's DiMaggio. It's, a, it's really, he's in a different class all by himself. He's Paul McCartney, I think. Mm. Wow. Mm. Sal Powell joining us here this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He's down in Tampa enjoying what little bit he can as he covers Super Bowl 55. How different is it, Sal, right now compared to other Super Bowls in Tampa? Well, it's tremendously different because we don't have the up-close and personal contact with the players and 
we can really draw out stories. I mean, Key, you know what it's like. You know, you had those media availabilities on Monday. Then you had media day Tuesday. And then Wednesday and Thursday, you think it's over. But no, you got to sit at a table and you've got to, you know, you got Steve Serbia, the post coming up to you, or Peter <laughs> King, or you know, and they all want to hear uh, some story that have, have some kind of agenda, and they want to pull it out of you. It, 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 but you know, the idea is to bring the game to the fans, bring the players to the fans in a way that you can't do it any other week, and I think it works. It is sort of controlled mayhem. There's a cattle call aspect to the way the Super Bowl is run. And maybe the players don't like it. A lot of them revel in it. Some don't like it. Um, there's a lot of demands. I think in this particular case with all the Zoom calls, it was much more intimate for those on the other end of the TV set, you know, listening to the players and the coaches. But for us, it's very difficult. You can't ask that follow-up question and get that last little detail of a story out or a personality. You know, personalities burst onto the scene during a Super Bowl. We've seen it over and over and over again. Shannon Sharp, Ray Lewis, Deion Sanders, Keyshawn Johnson. You know, personalities just blossom because you have a chance to shine. Here it's been much more difficult. Sal, speaking of personalities, let me ask you about the personalities involved in the QB competition in Philadelphia. What are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts' comments the other day about him trying to build relationships with his guys? Well, I think it's an important thing for him to do. Um, And, you know, I, I wonder if he's learned some hard lessons from some of the things that Carson Wentz hasn't been able to do. Um, I think it's pretty clear that Jalen Hurts, when he, when you play at Alabama and then at Oklahoma, and then you come into a quarterback quagmire in Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts has been dealt a difficult hand wherever he's gone. And he's flourished in the end because he really has a magnanimous, charming personality and he's tough and he loves the game of football and wants to work hard. Um, And I think that that's a lesson that, um, you know, he has learned in just observing everywhere he has gone, including in Philadelphia. And we can all agree, and I think Carson Wentz will agree, that number 11 has made some missteps along the way, some mistakes. And um, he's trying to recover from that. And maybe when Hertz saw that and said, you know what, the first thing on my agenda is I got to make sure that I have the right relationships in place. I mean, Come on, you guys have played at the highest possible levels there are in professional sports. You know it doesn't go anywhere unless you have a super pyrotechnic, superlative talent on your team who is going to carry everybody else. And we all know who those guys are. You have to have chemistry. You have to have relationships. You have to have the ability to trust one another in the critical situations. That doesn't happen by accident. That is not organic. That is something you have to work at to make work, to get yourself from, okay, we're a team, to we're a good team, to we're a great team, to we are a championship team. 
Just a reminder, as we move towards a championship team on Sunday, whether it's the Chiefs or it's going to be the Bucks, Sal will be hosting a special edition of the NFL Matchup Show, which you can actually see three times on Super Bowl Sunday. He'll also be there for postseason NFL Super Bowl Countdown Edition at 10 a.m. Eastern. And oh, by the way, Sal, don't think I didn't reference and listen to your Beatles comment there for Tom Brady, knowing you're the biggest Beatles fan on earth. So I'm glad you snuck that one in there. Yeah, <laughs> he loves the Beatles. Yeah, well, so no, you know, I think, you know, it, I think music and sports, music and sports are, are, are the same. You know, you have the composition on paper, but you need the musical interpretation of the talent. You know, I make the, uh, and, and I make it, it's also anything in life. You know, I equate Tom Brady to the, the, uh, the people who have done the greatest things in their particular discipline. Like, you know, uh, uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, to me, go hand in hand. And people are taking shots at Belichick these days, and I don't know why. But, you know, I look at it like Bill Belichick was NASA, right? He built something that would take Tom Brady to the moon. But if you read anything about Neil Armstrong, and I have read First Man, a great biography of him, when Neil Armstrong gets the lunar module to the surface of the moon and he's looking for the sea of tranquility and he's running out of gas, he's got to pilot that thing and he's got to land it. He's got to stick the landing. So you may have NASA. You can build all the engineering you want in there, but you still need a pilot. Mm -hmm. You still need somebody with the joystick in their hand who's going to land that thing, who's going to stick the landing and bring the championship home. And I think that's the reason why, you know, you have to have a guy like Brady if you're going to, if you're going to try to win a Super Bowl. You need that one guy. Some people got it. Some people don't. Brady's got it. He's got the right stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I caught that one too at the end. Very well done, Sal, with the right <laughs> stuff commentary. And we should mention one of those fan bases will be over the moon Sunday night about nine thirty Eastern time. Sal, thank you so much. All right, Sal, pal. Hey, it's always a Thanks, pleasure Sal. being on the show. Thank you for ha- having me. And uh, stay positive, test negative, baby. Indeed, that's the uh, cliche day, of the baby. moment. No question. Well, well said. And by the way, this is an ESPN only joke. If Chuck Salatero is listening, just send out one more email based on the conversation we just had. My inbox is overflowing with them. It's a little ESPN joke. All right, so here's the thing. Nick Sirianni, he mentioned the whole Jalen Hurts thing. Jay, uh, Jay brought it up. Building relationships with my guys, saying all the right things. Number 11's making some wrong moves. Obviously, that's Wentz himself. So a couple of days ago, when I had the temerity to disagree or agree with Nick Sirianni, I got K-I-L-T, as Key would say, kilt, K-I-L-T. So on that track, I'm just going to independently listen to Nick Sirianni for you, me, and everybody on whether his most important decision and where he stands on it, the Eagles on if he's ready to name a starting quarterback for his tenure, which is now underway in Philadelphia. A core value, like you just mentioned, Angelo, is competition. And that's competition with the quarterbacks. That's competition with the wide receivers. That's competition with the DBs. That's competition everywhere, right? And so it's just every everybody is going to compete. I'm going to compete with Shane on on things, and and we're gonna we're gonna compete in the building with coaches, and we're gonna everybody's gonna compete. How about that? That was on 94 WIP uh, deflection, right? I mean, really exactly. What's he gonna do? Answer it today? He can't answer it today. Well, it, it, I don't know if it's deflection. I think it's more about what he wants to do at the quarterback spot. It's an open competition, is what he just told me. 
it's an open competition without using the word open. So he says competition, da 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 da. Everybody's once he said the quarterback position, open competition, because he has very little experience at doing press conferences or major interviews. Sounds like that he gets right, Zubin, he gets caught. So then he wants to throw in, I'm gonna be in competition with Shane. Well, first of all, you're not gonna be in competition with Shane. So stop. <laughs> don't don't you know what I'm saying? Like You're the head coach. You're the head coach, man. <laughs> you're not going to be in competition with Shane, which I think is his offensive coordinator, yes. that probably will not be calling plays because he will be calling the plays. Shane just has the title. I get it. But he you know, he's navigating his way through, and it's okay to say that it's an open competition. You have yet to decide who your starting quarterback is going to be. It's okay to say that, but because of the lack of experience at answering these type of questions, he kind of backed himself up into a corner. As long as as long as Nick Sirianni wins, like I don't really need him to be a politician. And I, I know it's important for coaches to be able to articulate what their plan is and how you handle the media really dictates how the media treats you back if you're giving them enough insight. But at the end of the day, like Carson Wentz needs to go take his damn job back. Like if you want it, it's open. it should be an open competition. And actually, I would say that the way the season ended, Jalen Hurts has a slight advantage. And I love hearing Jalen Hurts talk about, I'm dealing with my guys. He's telling you that I look at this as my team. My team. And it's not a jab at Carson Wentz. It's not, hey, I'm taking a shot at somebody. It's just me and how I operate and how I look at my guys. And he's going into this battle saying, I want to take it. Now the question is, let's see if Jeff Lurie, the owner of the team, with the likes of a Carson Wentz, if this is a guy that you choose to stick with, let's see if he actually has the moxie to go take it and get it back and deserving of the money he got paid. Well, a lot lot of people refer to their teammates, especially people that they deal with, as my guys. Yeah. Right? I have the third quarterback, fourth quarterback on the team on practice squad for me is my guy because he's throwing me the ball warming me up I know damn well he ain't gonna never play but he's my guy I treat him as such and I think Jalen Hurts is saying the same thing these are my guys I'm gonna work out with them in the offseason at some point in time I wouldn't be surprised if you see some video on social media uh, with Jalen Hurts and the wide receivers working out at some state with great weather down in Texas or Florida or California or somewhere where he's getting the quarterback tutelage and the receivers are there working out with him like you see a lot of quarterbacks doing. I've yet to see in Carson Wentz's tenure in Philadelphia anything remotely close to that. So it would be interesting to see if that somehow comes to surface. Um, Jalen Hurts just got to do what Jalen Hurts needs to do to impress the new staff if he wants to be the starting quarterback. But it goes back to what I said when he took over for Carson Wentz. I said in the offseason, they'll have a quarterback battle. Carson Wentz will win in the summer because that's just what will happen. He'll play the first three or four or five games, see where it goes, and if it doesn't look great, he'll be done as a Philadelphia Eagle if he does not get traded to Indianapolis on a monumental type deal. Seen it a million times. The guy that they're more invested in, they're more invested in not just financially. They're more invested in in every single realm because you have to validate that particular pick. We'll see what happens. It's a fascinating situation, although a dangerous one to walk into for a first-time head coach in that city with that media. On the way, in a league that values youth at quarterback and at head coach, it's an AARP Super Bowl on the sidelines. We'll discuss at the top of the hour. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.